My name is Danae Reed, and I want to welcome you to the part of life where mothers do not physically, emotionally, or mentally exist. Welcome to Damn Mom, Really? Which is a podcast that seeks to shed light on grief and open up a conversation about a topic that is often avoided. Again, this is a space for people who have either experienced the loss of a mother or a mother figure, and I am so excited to fellowship with you guys. The contents of these episodes is up to the discretion of both my guests and myself, and I can trust that they are telling the truth just as much as I am as it feels right for them. Also noting that the subject matter can potentially be heavy or triggering we have included a six minute cool down meditation by Liliana Rasmussen at the end of this episode for your pleasure and this soundscape is brought to you by Scott Reed Jr. Hi, my name is Danae Reed, and I am here with Damn Mom, really my podcast about people grieving the loss of their mothers and mother figures. And today I have with me my brother, George Reed. And we're going to be talking about the loss of our moms as one of my first episodes because I'm really curious to hear your perspective on how you feel like you're dealing with things versus me. So first question, on a scale of 1 to 10, how are you feeling today? 10 being the worst? No, 10 being the best. On a scale of 1 to 10, I would say probably about a 5. I feel like a five most of the time. What did you feel like before everything happened? Uh, I wasn't like the best, but I probably would be like a regular like eight. Okay. Eight regular, yeah. How do you feel like the loss of mommy has kind of changed the way that you just feel on a daily basis? Because like three points is a hefty difference. Uh, I feel like it's changed a lot. You know, you had to got to kind of grow up faster than that yeah. you want to. Sometimes you got to make decisions that you weren't always used to making, yeah. doing things that you're not used to doing. So I feel like it just pushes the stress out on being an adult on you a little bit faster than intended, but you know. Yeah. Well, you know, as I know, it's been almost seven months, like in two days, but, and I know we've both acknowledged, you know, that we've changed a lot and a lot of things have had to be shifted to, you know, where we are at in life now. But, like, what's one of the biggest changes that you think you've seen in yourself or just in general over the past seven months? Biggest changes in myself? Yeah, I'd be cooking now. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you that. <laughs> I go to the grocery store. I actually, like, can whip up some meals. I mean, I'm not going to say I was boo-boo the fool before. but Yeah, because you did cook a little bit. Yeah, but I actually do a lot more cooking, do, like, go to the grocery store, mm-hmm. like, understand that there's more than what I thought to life because I was kind of shielded so yeah I gotta gotta do more yeah I feel like mommy just did so much of everything that it's just yeah, like yeah. I don't even think we realized how much yeah, mommy really you did you don't really realize how much a person actually does until it's like you when you injure a bone in your body yeah it's like you don't realize how much you needed that one until particular you, yeah. bone until it's gone and now you gotta right. do everything around it too right and I mean like not even on the topic of like breaking bones but I think about like I don't know, when you, like, cut your finger or something and you need to put a Band-Aid on it and how much that shifts the way that you can even, like, maneuver when you write or when you, like, shower and stuff like that right. or, like, things like that that I feel, I mean, it's similar, but, of course, you have a sports, more, like, of a sports analogy than I do. How old were you when you lost your mom? I was 22 seven months ago, so I was 22 when I lost my mother. At, like, 22, obviously you're still so young what things did you sort of have planned or what were you like most excited for about doing with her or like her being at just 
Going on family vacations. Yeah. I would say. Just because I was in school the last five years. Mm -hmm. So doing that and then having her be a grandma, I think. Yeah. Probably like the things I was most looking forward to. I feel like one of the things that fucks me up the most too is the grandmom thing. Yeah. Yeah. That one hurt. Yeah. The most. Yeah. How have you sort of like rectified that within yourself or like have you kind of gotten to a point of acceptance or is it still something that you're still trying to work through? Um, I think it's still something I'm trying to work through. Yeah. Because, I mean, we have conversations about what our kids are going to have and stuff. Right. And, I mean, I think Daddy's going to be a great grandfather. Definitely. Yeah. And I think your your girl's mom is going to be a really good grandmother, too. Yeah. And you know I already think I'm your mom. <laughs> Auntie yeah. grandmom. Yeah, so it'll definitely be a shift. Yeah. Um, I feel like I got a good support group, though. Yeah. So I feel like my friend's mom would, like, take care of Mm -hmm. I yeah, I think that you have like a couple people who honestly are there for you. And that's one of the things that I think is really special about our family is because I've talked to a lot of people who just don't have our support system. And um, it, if they lost a parent or a mom or if, it, whether they have or not or like are just thinking about the future, I know a lot of people who don't have the support we have and, like, also just don't necessarily have the space to talk about grief, which is why I want to start the podcast anyway. Mm -hmm. So why do you think that talking about grief, especially, I'm really interested in your perspective as a man, but why do you think that just talking about grief in general, like, is important, or how has it helped you, or has it not helped you? Um, I feel like it's helped me. It's still something I don't like talking about. Mm -hmm. So why did you decide to do this podcast? Because it's about my mom. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah. I feel like I had to. Oh, really? Yeah. You didn't tell me that. I didn't know that. Yeah, so, what do you think that she would think of the podcast? I mean, I think it's, I, at first, probably without having somebody pass away, I would have been like, nah, I'm okay. But, like, you see that, I mean, it could help a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. You know, going through the things, might be going through the same things as you, right. could take tips from. Yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. I mean, because we still have so much to learn. You know, right. it's been, but I feel like we have so much to learn, but we also have so much knowledge and like ability to teach people. Right, right, definitely. Because yeah. I mean, I'm like the only one out of all my friends who have lost, lost their somebody, mom. So but I you, can definitely be that person to be there right. for somebody. But you also similarly are one of the, and I mean, I don't know your friend group, so I don't want to speak out of turn, but like our lives are kind of, or like before this have kind of been super like picture perfect. In comparison to a lot of other people. Yeah, I mean, a lot of other people you don't realize don't, like I, like you like, say, don't have good relationships with their parents, which is actually surprising to me. Yeah. Every time I hear somebody doesn't have a good relationship with their parents because it's just like I could never imagine that. Right. It's so. like, it's so bizarre how many people have come up to me and told me that, you know, our relationship with mommy has inspired them to do better with their moms or like even with their kids, which right. I think like kind of struck me because our family's just always been so close. And I think that that's one of the things that has really helped like kind of ease the blow a little bit because again, like mommy has two sisters and we have grandmothers and just a whole bunch of women who right. we can talk to. And so for you as a man, do you think that it's more helpful for you to have conversations with women about how you feel? Like, do you think it's more easy for you to be vulnerable with them versus men or is it just different? It's, it's a little different. I okay. think I'm a little bit easier to talk to my guys than uh, girls. Per se. I mean, not because, just because, you know, we 
kind of similar. Yeah. In a sense, so I feel like it's kind of easier for me to like if I'm want to talk about something, I could talk to like Colin or Ty yeah. or one of them yeah. and just have a conversation about what's going on and everything. What I'm thinking. So you do talk to your friends? Yeah, I mean, I we talked about it. Um, it's not something, of course, that they want to bring up. Bring it's up, not something right. I want to bring up, but you yeah, know, if, like if they ask, like. I'm not going to shy from it. Right. It shows that they actually care. Right, right, right. So, I mean, like, from the standpoint of just talking about emotion and being emotional, do you feel like it's hard for you to open up or cry or express your feelings because of the way that society kind of teaches men to be? Mm, I don't think so. I kind of, you know, don't go brain a lot. Right. So I agree I with that. I kind of do different things. Yeah. That, no what you would say societal men do so mm -hmm. i don't feel like it, it it's that too difficult for me you know i mean you know, like just what, like my g smooth stuff like it's kind of like something that you won't expect out of me yeah yeah g smooth let's talk a little bit about g smooth so you obviously have you make body butters and scrubs how has that been for you since everything happened or like has it kind of provided a release for you and you can talk obviously more about your um, business it's been okay i mean it's slowed down obviously just because of the fact that i don't want to do it mm -hmm. uh, just do it everything you know mommy helped me a lot with like making sure my stuff smelled good helping me market stuff get my name out there so i mean obviously it slowed down but you know still coming along yeah so obviously we talked about the obvious things but outside of that there's this um requirement of you to sort of rely on yourself in a way that you haven't necessarily before yeah. is that something that you are excited obviously like the catalyst isn't something you're excited about the root but like does that something that is that something that excites you or is that something that you kind of wish you didn't have to do uh, a little bit of both you know you always wish everything was easy but you know mm -hmm same time i've been challenged right my whole life yeah. since birth so right, if right. You, like if anybody knows the story yeah like it's nothing do you want to share the story for the people who don't uh, know so basically i've been a preemie i was, was a seven seven week preemie yeah so i had to fight through that um air bubbles in my side so i had to get surgery on that uh as a newborn or it was 17 days, I think, yeah. from at the hospital. It's like between 17 and 30. I don't know the yes, exact number. Yes, I don't, I don't either. That, you know, going to school, not getting really recruited yeah. as much as I would like. Mm -hmm. Having a fight to play football. It's so basically, it's not been easy regardless. Yeah, I mean, it's it might seem like it's been easy. Yeah, I think but, from the outside looking in. Yeah. I think from a family perspective, it has been, but then there's other things that people kind of don't see. Right. And I think for us as kids who grew up in the suburbs, there's kind of always this perception of what you are and who you are and what you have. And people don't necessarily, you know, they see that you have the two parent household or the nice house or whatever. And they kind of right. just assume that life is, fine. life is fine and there's nothing easy that goes along with it. And I think for me, that's one of the harder, like, cause I had that perception of myself too. Like just looking at my looking at myself like from the outside looking in in a way, but also being introspective, which I guess kind of doesn't make any sense. But I think that was like one of the hardest things for me to grapple with is this sense of reality that's kind of been altered completely. You know, it's like I was so used to having that life that appeared like pretty perfect, right? And now it doesn't appear that way, and you have like people like 
looking at you like they feel sorry for you and they're they're sad for you and it just I feel like sometimes when you're grieving and stuff people can kind of make you feel like a charity case or like you know like there's like a microscope on you and and one of the things that I hated hearing most after everything happened I think was um like god doesn't make mistakes that was the shit that pissed me off the fucking most because i'm like okay well if this happened to you would you want to hear that you know all right what was one of the things that you really hated hearing most from people just probably the same where that you'll get over it like it'll you'll heal yourself yeah like i feel time like will it heal all wounds yeah i don't i don't necessarily care to hear for that yeah because just because like you didn't experience what right we all experienced you yeah didn't, you weren't having a good conversation with your mom and yeah this thing. yeah you know yeah no i i definitely like agree with you on that 100 percent. and then also i hate when people posit it as a thing that you're supposed to like get over like i hate yeah when people say like oh it's time to start moving on and right i'm like there's no such thing as moving on it's maybe like learning how to deal with this being part of my everyday life but like i said in the beginning of this it's only been seven months and so to ask us to ask for people to start moving on or whatever Right. after, i mean regardless i don't think that anybody should you know and i feel like it's so weird because it seems that there's this threshold of when it's acceptable to grieve and when it's acceptable to talk about it but after that point passes it's like people expect you to kind of just shut up about it regardless of who it is but i
like we have this or I have this and right, other people right. don't. Yeah. You getting choked up. Are you okay? Mm -hmm. Are you sure? Okay. All right. Well, let's be on a lighter note for a second. What's one of the things that like you really just enjoy doing with mommy? What's one of your favorite things? Uh, something that I enjoy doing with mommy. Probably our rides to get haircuts when I didn't have a car. Mm. <laughs> you had her sitting outside and pull waiting for you forever. Yep. Why would yep. you say that's one of your favorite memories? Just because um, she enjoyed it or watching movies, even though she wouldn't watch the movie. Uh, she always, always on her phone. her phone. But um, just because, you know, like I said, you take stuff for granted. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you don't really understand things. Yeah, I know. I I agree with you. I think it's the little things that you like don't necessarily think about. You know, right. like for me lately, I've been like, oh, mommy always had hand sanitizer. Every time I like need hand sanitizer, I'm like, mommy always had hand sanitizer. Right. And that's like one of the things that I think about um, too. But I think that is good that you you know like acknowledge those things and also just have those moments in general and even like right now you know you're getting like choked up like i have so i just i know so many people who have so many mixed emotions about their like relationships with their parents mm -hmm. and i think it's show it says a lot that you're like allowing yourself to feel you know like right. and be emotional and be vulnerable because one of the things that i know i've shared with you before is that obviously this is my first time with experiencing anything like this mm. um but, you know, what I think before is, like, if you don't let it out, like, it's going to come out in a different form. It's going right. to come out in anger. It's going to come out towards, like, the people you Where love you the most. Or, yeah, yeah. And then, like, you know, one day it might be, I don't know, somebody bumped you. And now, like, you're, like, teeing off on them because it's just, like, I'm not even upset about this. I'm upset about so many other things that, you know, you don't even know what's going on. Right. And you just caught me in a moment that, you know. So how do you feel like, I mean, just talking about emotion and talking about anger, how do you think that the whole situation has affected you? Like emotional-wise? Just, I mean, yeah, however you interpret the question is, is fine. Can you say it again? How um, do you think that the the loss has affected you? Um, a lot more gratitude towards things. A lot more intentional with things. Like, if I'm going to, if we're going to be friends, like, we're going to be friends. Or mm -hmm. we're going to be something. We yeah. Gonna, like, that's really what we're going to be. Because, so, like, yeah. Relationships just mean more now. Yeah. It's not like, oh, I, ha, ha, he, he. Like, yeah. if you're really my dog, you're my dog. Right. You know, like, I think it's it's so interesting because I feel like for some people, their relationships with their friends or their family gets a lot stronger. Mm. I've noticed that I don't necessarily put as much attention on my relationships as I used to. Mm -hmm. And I think, I don't know why that is. Uh, obviously, like, I'm in therapy. I think part of it might be the fact that um, like mommy's my best friend and so right. it's like okay well like that was like top dog and like y'all are just kind of but I think for me like definitely like like not fixing because there was nothing wrong with my relationship with daddy but I feel like I always kind of viewed mommy as my best friend and then daddy was just my dad mm -hmm. and now it's been nice to have that relationship and it's been really important for me to be able to talk to you guys and talk to daddy and I think it's cool that you you know like are rebuilding your relationships with your friends or are like re being really intentional about spending time and like 
just making an effort to communicate and be there because again you really don't know right you know and i don't like and when people say that i feel like it's kind of people try to scare you like mm. when they say you never know what's going to happen i think it's kind of when nothing happens, when nothing has happened, I think people kind of pose it as this thing. It's like, okay, well, you never know what's going to happen as a way to scare you. But I think for me, it feels like a way to encourage people, like, to right. be, like, again, intentional. Yeah. Like, and... if you want to do something, you might as well just do it. Because right, yeah. Like, you either can be doing this for another 40 years or you can be doing it for another for 20. Another, but yeah. as long as you took the opportunity and actually tried, I mean, yeah. you're going to have more out of life than yeah, yeah. just sitting around doing nothing. What do you think is one of the most, because a lot of, I see so much of you, it's like not even funny, like the way, the things that you're saying. What do you think is one of the things that she taught you that really just like sticks with you and resonates with you the most? Mm, probably don't let who, somebody else who have a bad day affect your day. Because mm. it's like, like, like we're talking about, everybody has stuff going on. Yeah. Don't let their negative energy affect your positive energy. You have a good day and somebody comes into work pissed off like I usually get mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. don't let them or whatever they say affect your mood yeah just because you know you don't know what they're going through you don't know what they're dealing with right and, yeah it's I... a it's a lot that people are doing I mean COVID's a thing COVID the people, flu yeah, RSV people are stealing cars so yeah like, you never know and I mean people are like of course mommy's the biggest loss to us but there are a lot of people who are losing a lot of people yeah and... it's not like this is the only death that happened I'm sick of like a lot yeah. of deaths been happening this year so but yeah. isn't it kind of crazy that mommy it feels like like the world kind of just sh like should have stopped yeah it does I mean it's still crazy every day that you wake up and she's not here or yeah. her keys jingle mm -hmm. come to the crib so yeah do you feel like you feel her energy or her definitely. spirit or definitely like i'll be chilling um uh and i'll just be like damn mm -hmm. you just i feel like you're here yeah but you're not that's like when me and you know me and daddy were talking about that yesterday we were kind of saying you know like it's like I can't see you, but like she doesn't feel like she's not here. It's just like I know I can't see her, and that's the shit that be fucking me up. But it's like I don't know. You can't tell me right now that mommy's not upstairs. Right. Yeah. Why do you think that we feel that way, and some people don't have that feeling? Uh, I just think it's not even because of us. I think it's more so because of her. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't feel like you you can't control anybody. I feel like you can't control anybody else's energy, mm -hmm. but like. They can, so right. I feel like, I mean, mom's very intentional on what yeah. she did. 100%. She wrote down a lot of things and, yeah. you know, even with her book. Yeah, so, Jewels for My Journey. Right. Yeah. Like, she was, uh, she might, like, uh, around still teaching people lessons and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Like, it's like she kind of lives on. Yeah. And it's I like you don't see her, but you, like, like you said, energy never dies. It just transforms yeah. its shape into something else. Oh, you listen to me. It's Okay, that's beautiful, brother. Wow. There's so many, I guess, things that I want to uh, tap on with that. But I do want to just second what you're saying just about being able to feel her, like, in the emotional sense, like, in the, the spiritual sense. Because I feel like I feel her presence so often and just people telling me, you know, how much she meets them. And I think that makes it a lot easier. But one of the things that I keep telling people is that I feel 
that the way you grieve somebody kind of starts before they die Right. in a way, like the way that they show up for you kind of starts before they die. So because mommy was so intentional and she was just such like it is, sorry, because um, I like to talk to her about her in the present tense, but because she is such a light, you know, and has always been, I think that that's the way that she transcends beyond. And so, um, I mean, that's the advice that I give people all the time, you know, when they ask like, how, how, How do you handle this? How do I handle this? I always say, you know, start really cultivating the relationship that you want to have with them even after they're not here, you know? So for me, like I talk to mommy all the time. And so I still talk to mommy all the time, right? Like letting those things kind of sort of persist. But obviously, like aside from the physical, like how do you think you guys' relationship has changed since she's passed or has it changed or has it gotten better? Right. Uh, I don't think it's changed at all. I think, you know, she gives me advice when I need advice. Mm -hmm. Um, Like through signs. yeah, do signs. If, um, if I'm like praying about something, Some the next day probably pop up Mm like, oh yeah, you're right. Or -hmm. yeah, Yeah. you should look at this Mm -hmm. or, Right. you know, just like things like that. I feel like you know, she would always send me stuff like to be looking at or thinking about or just hit me up whenever she wanted to talk or something. So Yeah. I feel like it doesn't, it hasn't really changed. Yeah. And like, how did things like those signs, like, how do they make you feel? Uh, they make me feel good. I mean, it's nice to know that, you know, she's still doing her thing Her on thing. her end. Yeah. It just sucks. That it's that way. Yeah. Yeah. I think the thing that makes me emotional, aside from the fact that, you know, it's, I have to interpret them that way. Like, I have to interpret a sign instead of hearing her to me. I think one of the things that I've realized in mommy's passing is just how much she actually, like, loves us. Like, Right. to be on the other side and to be so willing to. keep showing us that she loves us and to keep sending signs and stuff like that. Like, I think that that has probably been one of the things that I feel like I can't is like, just like, I feel like it's kind of like a puzzle for me. It's like, how is mommy going to show up for me today? And I think that that's one of the things that like, has really just helped me and kept me and like moved me forward. Cause I, you know, when everybody has those like sorts of conversations, like, Or maybe not, but, you know, but when your parents are still here, they're like, oh, you know, like, I don't even know what I would do if, like, my mom passed. And, like, duh, duh, duh. like I would, ha I had that conversation like that maybe, like, two months before everything happened. And I'm not handling it at all. Like, I, th I thought I would be, like, under the fucking bus or some shit. <laughs> like, you know, like, just, but it's so interesting the way that you handle grief when it's your life versus just like speculating how you would deal with it because nobody knows until it's like actually them Yeah, it's it's all good in thought. You're yeah always good until somebody's smacking your face. in the face like and with a brick <laughs> so how do you think that um like it has changed your plans has it like have you developed new business ideas have you become you know more intentional with what you want to do with your life has it kind of changed your course at all like how is it How has it changed you? I don't think it's changed me in a sense of like wanting to do something different. I think it just kind of puts a more urgency on it. It's like, well, said if this is what you want to do, why not do it? Like now, Mm hmm. Yeah. I mean, what are you waiting for? Right. Just because, like you know, uh, you might not have the same connections that you have in a year. Like even though it might not like. 
per se, somebody might not pass in our family, but how do you know, what's you to say that somebody won't pass in their family? Yeah. That you need that connection to do. Right. To start whatever you want to start. So yeah. you never know. Yeah. So outside of, because we both talked about intentionality and relationship, but now we're like talking about business. Right. Um, and I, I don't want to give up, like, I feel like I'm like, I don't want to give up your story, but I'm like, ours is kind of similar. Mm -hmm. Um, and also I think that having mommy be a boss, like a career woman with her own, you know, company, I think that that's also kind of helped too, at least for me. Mm -hmm. Definitely. It definitely helped. I mean, you could just go to her for like guidance and like, what is she doing from her business standpoint to get her name out there, what she's doing like to get into like pop-up shops or stores I yeah that would have helped um you know just looking at somebody who you know people didn't assume would be the best boss mm -hmm. actually being a good boss so. yeah yeah so what are your thoughts on death now that everything's happened mm, at first i was probably scared of, more scared of it i'm not gonna say i'm not scared of death but to a certain extent it's part of life mm -hmm. you can't stop it you can't do anything about it yeah like, it's no getting around it it's no doing nothing to like you could try to eat the best food that you want right you're still gonna die right you could try to live the healthiest we all life. yeah we like, all have the same ending exactly everybody like is gonna die at some point which is yeah I mean, it's unfortunate that you know yeah it happens. That, that happens but it's literally part of life like nothing lasts forever so yeah i mean yeah we're gonna make the most of it yeah no, I, I, I agree with you um, a lot. And, you know, I've said this to you before, but I think death obviously affects people who are here more than it affects the person who died. Yeah, because when, even if you look at, like, unfortunately, people who commit suicide or, like, people who, like, just don't care about anything, mm -hmm. you know, it affects more people outside than it affects the person, which is, like, it's messed up. Right. Because... You're like we talked about before. You don't really necessarily care that they not always gonna say you don't care about them, but you don't care that they die. You care about how like the death makes you feel. Mm -hmm. Like so, it's more like a selfish thing about right. somebody dying. Like, yeah. If you know when mommy died, people cared that you know about us, but they more so cared about how mommy made them feel, like, right? What she did for them. Mm -hmm. Like now it's like damn. Now that's so true. That. That, no, but that's actually true. Because I'm just thinking about it from the standpoint of, I feel like, and this, I don't think that we're going to be able to answer this question, but it's like, do people care about the people or do they care about the things that the people do? Like, do you, if, if a person was completely destitute and fell off and couldn't do what they, what you're used to them doing, right? Like, do you still care about them? Right. So give her, like, say mommy, stop answering your phone calls. Yeah. And everything. And like, that was your new normal that you were used to her phone calls you you wouldn't care that she wasn't here right like not saying you wouldn't care that she wasn't here it would have been like oh fuck like that yeah. sucks but it wouldn't have been like it wouldn't a... have impacted your life it's how much the person impacts your life that really hurts more than right so then on that note do you think that we are here to live our lives for ourselves or do you think that we are here to make lives better and easier people or uh, both i feel like we're here more like for to make other people's lives easier i feel like everybody goes through things life to help somebody else like mommy 
wasn't ever like you know hungry or anything but she saw people who were a need for people who were so then she started read cares obviously mm -hmm. like you see you find things in your life that's like okay well this is what i want out of life this is what i'm gonna do mm -hmm. hopefully it inspires somebody else to do it yeah because yeah. I, I don't feel like you know there's no such thing as perfection but there is such thing as trying to make it easier for everybody else like when you have a kid or when i have a kid we obviously want them to live in a house like this, mm -hmm. but bigger. Right. Or have less responsibility. Right. And like, basically, yeah, live a life that we had. Luxury like, times be, 10. Yeah, be yeah. coddled and, you know. <laughs> we definitely were. Yeah, like, but you know what I'm saying? Like, if you want a life for people to come in and not really have to worry about anything. Of course, you want them to go through challenges so they can mold themselves. And, and be better. Be, yeah, be who they are. But you don't want them to go through the same struggle as you. You don't want them to, per se, if you were, when you become a, a major host, you don't want your kid, if they want to become a host, to, to have, have to, to like jump, go from here to, to here, here to here to here, to here, to here, to here like, to just to end up where you are at right now. Right. Why don't we just skip a couple of them steps? And, like, and yeah. if this is not what you want, ultimately, then you're going to have to go on your own journey. Right. But at least I was the one to help you right. better your life. And I think also, too, you know, I think our family is so interesting and unique in the sense, you know, we had, again, a great house, great home, and great parents, and we both got full scholarships, right? And But mom, neither mommy and daddy did, and I think that that's kind of their way, that was their way of elevating, right? Like, we had a life that was probably a little bit easier than theirs. Right. And so I definitely understand, you know, you saying that you would want your kids' lives to be a little bit easier too, because I definitely agree. Right, like say if one of your kid gets a full full ride as well, but you know you paid the room and board, mm -hmm. or if they don't gotta pay room and board, that's right. you doing the extra step. Okay, look at you knowing my story. Yeah. Okay, George Reed, what's something that your grief has taught you? Because we talked about death and stuff, but just like the feeling that you're feeling right now, the feeling of grieving, what has it taught you? That grief, in a sense, isn't more so um, because they're dead and they're not here. It's more so because they were alive and you got to experience it. Mm, no, that's a word. I, you know, I stay <laughs> with one. Yeah, yeah. No, I I agree with that 100% because it's like, yeah. I mean, it kind of goes back to what I said earlier. You miss the things that you have with people while they are here. Right. Like, and grief is only a, a representation of how much you love somebody while they're alive. Yeah. So, obviously, like, this is not your first bout with grief because your best friend passed right. when you were 15. What's the difference between that and this? Or do you find any similarities in the way you feel then? Mm. Or you felt then? I feel like I was... You were I, so young, too. Yeah, I was young, so, you know... You can, not saying you you get over things, but, like, things kind of go by sooner. Yeah. Like, you know, I was upset that he died, of course. But, like, you know, and it was my best friend, so it's, like, a different meaning to it when right. it's your mom. But when he passed away, I was messed up for a while, probably yeah. a couple months. But, like, you know, how they say it's a timetable, I feel like more so that there was a timetable yeah. going through his death than it was going through mommy's right not saying that you know, his like, death wasn't important no just yeah it's just that. different i got a different thought process on everything yeah yeah so 
what was the first sort of thing or feeling or emotion that came to your mind when you found out that mommy had passed? Yeah, it's shit. I don't even know what I was going to do. I remember what you said. Whatever. You said, I need to take care of everything. I need to hold down the house. Yeah. Why did you feel that way? Um, it was a thing my coach told me. He was like, the boy becomes a man and the, the no, the kid becomes a parent and the parent becomes a kid. True. So mm -hmm. that's how I kind of felt. Yeah. More so, it was, it was a time for me to grow up mm -hmm. and take care of everything. And how does that make you feel as somebody who was only 22 at the time? Uh, a lot. It's a, definitely a lot. It's definitely a new challenge, but you know. Do you still feel like you have to be the parent in the situation? Uh, not all the time. Okay. I feel like, you know. So do you think that that's good advice? Like, is that advice that you would give other people? Yeah, definitely. Because there's always going to be a time that, you know, you, you're going through new things. They're kind of, like your parents are kind of going out of those things. Like, right. They've been so used to doing it for so long. Somebody has to take care of them as well. I mean, yeah. well, if you have a two-parent household mm -hmm. and they lose a spouse, yeah. somebody has to take care of them now. And I think that was, like, one of the harder things for me, too. I think that there's, like, a lot of things that go through your mind when you first lose somebody, mm. especially in our case because we do really love our parents so much and we just were so used to the life that we had, right. you know, because outside of knowing, like, okay, I'm going to miss mommy, it's like you also do worry about, you know, I worry about you and, mm. like, I worry about daddy. Right. And that was kind of, like, my primal concern, like, more than myself. Right. Do you ever feel like you were more concerned with me and daddy than you? Definitely. Yeah, just because, you know, that's daddy's wife. Yeah. And then it was your basically best friend. Like, y'all talked all the time. So it's like, how do you fill a void for somebody who's hurting? Mm. But I guess it's like the the answer is that you really don't need to. Yeah, you don't. And you can't. So, I mean, it's no way, like, I can replace the role yeah, and like For vice anybody. versa. Yeah. It's I feel like you can only do your best, you yeah. know, like I feel like with you, I am like on you about your business more right. and I make sure that I like call you more. I feel like I was already kind of like a nuisance anyway. Right. <laughs> I feel like you definitely you definitely do do more. So um, what's one of the things that you really miss about her? Mm. It could be anything. Because... And this is different from before when I asked you, like, what's one of the things that you miss, like, experience-wise? What's the thing that I miss about her? Probably her Christmas spirit. Mm. Yeah, she and her, watching her, like, watching Hallmark her, watching movies. her, watching her Hallmark movies. Yeah. That's on her it's... phone scrolling. Yeah. On yeah. Phone, not even half watching it, but knowing already how the movie's going to end. And right. Her, like, saying it to me. Yeah. So the holidays obviously just passed. Um, you know, since she's passed, we've had a couple major holidays and we also had her birthday. Were they difficult for you or have gotten easier as time has gone on? What's your thought process on that? I feel like we did a good job as a family to make sure, make that, sure we... that we got through those days. I mean, obviously everybody's grieving in different ways, but I feel like we did a pretty good job. Yeah, I definitely agree that we did do a, a really good job with that one. And I, I, I mentioned it before, but I think... One of the important things is that having a support system and being able to rely on people is so important. Yeah, I don't think people realize how much the, they're like somebody 
who is your support like really matters yeah. until she hits the fan. Yeah, yeah. Like you don't realize how much people love you. People yeah, people love you and how much they literally mean to you until yeah. you literally only have them to support you and like yeah. get you up out, out the hood. Yeah. yeah. I think for me one of the biggest things has been my just one of the things that makes me so emotional, like with like a feeling of love, I say is the people who have shown up or have made uh, made it a point to check on you or made right. it a point to check on daddy or just checked in on me. Even though sometimes I feel like it can be a little bit overwhelming when people, you know, like they'll send you like text messages, like kind of acknowledging it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like, I know you mean well, but sometimes I'm really not thinking about it in the forefront. And like you text me and it's mm-hmm. like, it just brings everything up. Like there's been times where I'm chilling and I get a text that's like, oh, like I was just thinking about you on my heart and my prayers like I was thinking about your mom and I'm like fuck like I was actually having a solid day I was thinking about some other shit and now you don't want their thoughts and prayers at the moment yeah or, or at least I don't want to know yeah just yeah. keep it to yourself you know yeah it's definitely tough because like you said it can be a good day and that could just send you like spiraling yeah. a day you know I was doing xyz and xyz and, and whatever um, so, uh, what are your thoughts on therapy? It's okay. Uh, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> it's, it's all right. I mean, some people need it. Some people don't. Mm-hmm. Some people can deal with things to themselves. It, I'm not going to say it doesn't help everybody. I mean, I feel like you just got to find your right niche. I feel like therapy is something that people should do. You just have you have to find your right niche and you have to try and fail yeah. with different people because, you know, you're not going to connect with everybody. And that's just life. You connect with everybody. You don't make friends with really everybody. everybody in high school. So it's yeah. kind of a therapist. You got to find somebody who fits what you're looking for. I think one of the most important things I heard from my therapist when I first started was, you know, like, grief is supposed to, like, be shitty and it's supposed to suck. Right. And they can't help you through it right it's like they can help you sort of cope with it but they can't make you not grieve right what's some advice that you would give to a person who is experiencing grief or or grieving or doesn't necessarily know how to talk about it or whatever advice that you would give um some advice that i would probably give is talk to somebody that you can talk to grief about if you have like a family member Talk to them, like or somebody that you can be able to try to find the most vulnerable person that you could can be with just speak with them. I mean, you gotta get it off your chest because like we said earlier, you're gonna spiral out going right. But and have you identified that person for yourself that's not your therapist? Uh, I mean I could talk to my friends. Like I said earlier. I feel like I could talk to you if I have some thoughts. I know you're always willing to talk. <laughs> was that a shot? Was that a shot? That was a shot. Yeah. Okay. All right, brother. Well, I think that was all I had for you. Um, I think this has been a really conducive conversation. Actually, you know what? I, I would love to before we wrap it up. I would love to know, you know, what you would tell people who are dealing with somebody who has gr- who is grieving. Like, what advice would you give somebody? who is not necessarily grieving for themselves, but might have a friend or family member who is? Like, how can they be good support to them? How can somebody be good support? To a person who's grieving. 
I just have a listening ear. Mm -hmm. You don't always have to respond to what they say. Sometimes you just want to get something off the chest. Mm -hmm. Just be there, you yeah. know, and listen. You yeah. know, that's the... People like to talk about themselves as I'm reading in my they book. Do. People like to talk about themselves. People want to feel like uh, you're listening. Just, I mean, just listen with open ear. Smile at them. Just be there for them. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much, brother. Is there anything else that you want to say before we go? No, I think I'm all good. Follow G Smooth. Yeah. Follow Jesus. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Damn Mom Really With My Brother. Um, I had a great conversation. I think that there was some really great gems there. And tune in for the next episode. You can follow us on Instagram at Damn Mom Really. That's D-A-M-N-M-O-M-R-E-A-L-L-Y. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to leave us a review and a comment. It's super, super helpful to us. And as promised, there's a relaxing cool down slash guided meditation by Liliana Rasmussen coming up in five, four, three, two. Welcome to this guided meditation session to create a safe place for you. Chronic pain can be very hard to handle, but many times when we create a mental image of our suffering, we tend to aggravate this pain, thus increasing it. Then every time we feel the sensation, we will have a negative thought attached to it on a conscious and subconscious level. So what this meditation will teach you are techniques to change the mental image that has been created from this pain and instead implement a peaceful association with pleasant visualizations that create a warmer bonding between you and your body's sensations. This allows you to accept and allow instead of fight and push away. Make sure you're in a very comfortable position. Sit down or lay down if that feels good for you, however you need to position yourself so that none of your muscles are activated or tense. Every part of your body can rest and feel completely relaxed during this meditation. Begin by taking five deep breaths to relax even more. One, full breath in and let it go. Two, fully inhale and exhale. Three, breathe in as much as you can and let it go, feeling a wave of relaxation come over you. Four, Inhale deeply and exhale, feeling invigorated. Five, last one, fully inhale and exhale, feeling any tension loosen up and your body feeling extremely relaxed. Good. And just allow your breath to slow and flow naturally now. Don't try to change anything about it. Just notice the calmness that these five breaths gifted you. Notice how your body breathes without you doing anything at all. Begin to feel any sensations that you associate with your pain. Bring them into your awareness and allow these feelings to multiply. You're completely safe and secure. It's okay to allow these sensations to arise. They will not harm you. Put all of your focus on these areas. Really feel their exact position and the quality of the sensations. What's the pain like for you? Is it stinging, tingling, or burning? Perhaps it's like something else. In your mind, describe every detail and then sit with it. Be entirely with it while it presents itself. Don't do anything about it except feel it. Allow the sensations to grow and don't stop them. Just see what they do. Notice the details of changes the sensations make. Good, you're doing so well. Now switch your focus and bring into your mind's eye a visual of a place you love to go or have been to that is very serene and peaceful for you. 
It could be an imaginary place, like on top of a gorgeous mountain, or somewhere you frequently go, like a nearby nature path. Your favorite place could be as simple as your warm, cozy bed next to a loved one. Wherever this place is for you, see it vividly right now. Start by visualizing all the physical aspects of this place. Where are you? What do you see when you look up? If you're outside, it could be the sky. If you're in a safe room somewhere, it could be the ceiling. Notice everything you see when you look up. Now look down and at your feet. What does the ground look like below you? Gaze all around this favorite place of yours, making the colors bright and vivid. Make out even more details now, like the leaves on the trees and plants, or the things that are placed around the room. Do you notice any patterns anywhere? They could be patterns in nature, like the way things grow, or the patterns of fabrics and objects in a room. Notice every pattern you can find in great detail. The more details you can imagine, the better. How dark or light out is it? What time of the day do you think it is? And make a judgment about the placement of the sun in the sky. Which way is the light of the sun coming into your imagination? Look at all of the beautiful things that make this place so enjoyable for you. Use your visual creativity of this place for the next several moments. Nice. Now you are going to bring about the sensations this beautiful spot offers. Start by tapping your feet on the ground. Is the surface hard or soft? Feel the ground below you here with your feet, noticing anything you can about it. Become aware of the temperature in this place. Is it cool or warm or hot? Is there a breeze blowing, or is the air calm and still? Can you feel the sun on your skin? Sit with these sensations for a few moments and enjoy them. Are there any smells here? If you're imagining the beach, maybe you can smell the salty air, or if you're in a forest, the smell of nature. Just notice how your sense of smell can create sensations of aromas for you when you put your mind to it. What about sounds? Bring fully into this experience any sounds that surround you here. Perhaps you hear a loved one nearby. Perhaps you're alone and you can hear the sounds that nature creates for you. Vividly hear any sounds in this experience. Sit with these senses activated for a few moments and begin to interact with your environment. Great. To relax even further, become aware of what you're doing here. Are you sitting down and relaxing or walking around and exploring? Are you doing exactly what you love and want to do? See yourself being completely relaxed and happy here. There's no need to do anything here but relax and enjoy it. Be assured that this place is always here for you to keep you safe if you need to flee from pain. Take another slow and deep breath in. And as you exhale, you feel at complete peace with yourself and all the sensations in your body. As I speak these words to you, you are changing the mental images associated with your pain. Whenever you feel overwhelmed by the sensations in your body, repeat this exercise to accept the pain and change the thoughts associated with it. When you use this technique, you will stop the pain from becoming aggravated and growing stronger. When you vividly visualize a safe and peaceful place in moments of distress, you are slowing down your pulse and blood pressure, creating a peaceful and strong connection to your body and mind. Allow yourself to slowly become aware of your surroundings, and whenever you're ready, open your eyes, ready to go about your day peacefully.